0: Hey, you guys! Welcome back. Come on in, get comfortable, get cozy. Welcome back to her soul, you guys. If you are new here, if you are just clicking on the show for the very first time, my name is Camille Allison, and I am your host. And in this space, you guys, this is a place where we discuss all things God, love. And peace of mind. And the love in there refers to the love of ourselves, but also the love of others. A huge emphasis on love of others. So I do invite you guys in to sit down. Please grab your journal. This is going to be a really, really great episode. Grab your journal. Grab a nice, um, pen, a cup of coffee. Let's go ahead and get into it. So today's title is Heed the Warning. How to be a Christian in a not so Christian world let us begin with a slight disclaimer. I'm going to preface this whole episode by saying this is not a pretty message. Some of you will hear these words and you will be slightly offended. Some of you are not in a space ready to receive this message. Um, Some of you might try and debate me. But if you are someone who wants to be truly transformed, if you want to receive a message out of love that will transform your mind and your soul and help you, then please continue to listen. So the subtitle to this week's episode is How to Be a Christian in a Not-So-Christian World. And I do want to say that I have debated even putting an episode like this out there for so long. This has been on my heart for so long, and I never have... 100% committed to it. I might have mentioned it here or there, but we've never had a full-blown episode on it. And that's because I felt that I would be judged or criticized or that some of you might try and debate me or whatever the case is. I didn't feel like the environment was safe enough for me to express this. I felt like I would be turning you away. But I've come to terms with this in a sense over this little sabbatical that I've taken and you know what God has spoken to me. And you guys, I have just come to the realization, oh well and so be it. Okay, that's a whole vibe for this last half of the year. Oh well and so be it. You know, it's honestly the way I'm I'm viewing it for myself is kind of like a parent and a child. So like, you know, as a teenager, I didn't always want to hear the things that my mom had to say. And even if they were good things that were going to keep me safe or out of trouble, I felt like she was just trying to limit me and control me. And I didn't necessarily want to hear what it was that she had to say. And when she would put those limitations on me, it would make me upset. But now in my adult life, now I see why my mom told me certain things or why my dad made me do certain things. And it instilled these qualities in me that have produced the woman that I am today. And I'm so grateful to them for that. But there were things back then that I couldn't see that they were able to see, but I couldn't see. And so in the same sense, you guys might not, you know, have, you might not have fully thought about this, or you might not have been able to fully receive this message, but I'm going to tell it to you anyway, because even if you can't see it right now, it's going to do better for you in the long run. Right? And this is a message out of love. This isn't meant to be harsh. The It will sound harsh. I'm not even going to lie, but this is a message to be given out of love, okay? There's no judgment here. It's just to, you know, really save you if you have found yourself on the opposite end. Alrighty, so a couple issues at hand. Things that I've noticed or things that have come up in my research or just, you know, living this life as a 28-year-old in this world. You know, what have I seen in our generation, right? So number one, what I've seen is an increase in this younger generation. and younger generation, I will say the millennial generation on down. So maybe age 35 on down. But I've seen this younger age group leaving the faith, leaving the Christian faith in order to explore other means of spirituality. In addition to that, you also have... Um, it's also become more prevalent that there's this sort of incorporation of non-biblical practices into Christianity. So you have some people who believe in the use of crystals, but also believe in the worship of God, or some people who worship nature, but also worship God. So there's these blending of practices. I've also noticed there seems to be a lot of lukewarm or borderline Christians. And let me explain, you know, these are Christians who are afraid to fully accept Christianity right? These are um, people who kind of like teeter-totter on the edge. They don't fully jump in. They don't fully outright express it because mainly it's not the popular thing right now. It's really not, um, you know, the cultural norm. Um, And then there's also this increase, and I don't even want to, I don't even know if it's like an increase, but just something that I've noticed. There are those who are, I call them picky, pick and choosy, Pick and choose the Christians, right? They pick out parts of the Bible that they like and parts that they don't necessarily agree with. So I've actually had conversations with people who will say, Oh, well, yeah, you know, I, I can agree with this where this is said in the Bible, but I just don't like what that says. I can't agree with that. Or, you know, I don't like how they did this in the Bible, right? So there are people who like some of the things and then some who don't like some of the things and mainly You know, they choose what they like based on how well it accommodates the lifestyle that they've chosen for themselves. There's also a cultural emphasis right now in our world today on setting yourself free, being free, individualistic, no limits, no boundaries, no matter how reckless the choice is. And I say reckless because, you know, this is not just a matter of the here and now, not just a matter of the... Today, it's a matter of our eternity. So sometimes the choices we make now might not impact us very well in the long run. So that's why I say reckless. But our cultural norm today is taking the boundaries off. There are no limits. We are free in all of that. And then I've also noticed there's just an outright denial of God's existence, right? People will out out right just say no I don't believe in God there's no God there's also this phenomenon where there's this acknowledgement of God but people choose to or people refuse to accept him because maybe they've been hurt or they they're mad at him they don't trust him whatever whatever the case may be so I wanted to take just a few minutes with you guys today just to address some of these things right so one thing that I wanted to talk about was how cultural norms contribute to this epidemic? And yes, I'm going to cause it, I'm going to call it an epidemic because it certainly is. Um, How has our cultural norms of today contributed to this epidemic? Personally, I think that at the root of people moving away from Christianity or not fully embracing Christianity and the love of God is that people just don't like to feel controlled. And you know, um, tell me if I'm wrong, but I think they look at Christianity and they feel that it's something that is putting limits on them. You know, it's not allowing them to fully explore who they are or to fully be who they believe that they are. They think it has too many rules. Um, they don't really take the time to figure out what it's about or to really explore the freedom that's found in Christ because they feel that it is just too restrictive as opposed to the life that they already live. Right. But in conjunction with that, I wanted to really highlight and emphasize, you guys, that our lives have to be played with the end in sight. We have to make the moves that are going to benefit us in the long run, because it's not just about this short term fulfillment. Right. Our lives that we live today, the choices we make today will ultimately impact our eternity. So when all is said and done. Where will you be? You know, will you look back on your life and be proud of the things that you've done and be proud of the destination set before you? Or will you be trembling in fear and, you know, regretful of the things that you've done and, you know, the opportunities that you have for change that you didn't necessarily take? You guys, we got to play the long game. It is not just about Our impact here in this world, but it's also about what happens here today that's going to impact us in the end. Let's also talk about this um, perspective on pain and suffering as a mode of disbelief. So, I find too that some people who have believed in God, who have turned away from God, have at some point in their life suffered some major tragedy um, or have suffered something that has changed up their world so much that they no longer wish to believe in God. Instead of that being a mode to draw them closer, it's actually been a mode to distance themselves from him even further. I will say the same um, for people who don't believe in God at all. I did a paper, not last semester, but the semester before, on the question was, how can God exist if pain and suffering is allowed in the world. And so what you see is that people believe that if there was a God, how could bad things happen to people, right? And this isn't the episode where we'll address that. But what I will say is that as humans in this life, God, not even as Christians, as humans, period, whether you believe or not, God did not say, okay, you will be born and you won't suffer anything, anything bad in your life. You won't suffer at all. In fact, all your days will be happy, cheery, hunky-dory. He never said that what we can get from the Bible and know and understand is that we will suffer. But what he promises us is that he will be there with us through it all. And that's the piece I think that people just leave off or they don't fully hear. Because sometimes in these instances, you just see people totally neglected. They totally, totally pull away from him. Let's also talk about... um how do I say this? Okay, ignorance, you guys, is not bliss. Not, and especially not in this situation. When we know better, we do better. And what I mean by this is you cannot say, oh, I did not know. In the end, that's not the excuse. You cannot say, oh, well, you know, I didn't grow up like that. and didn't grow up in the church. That doesn't matter. What matters are the choices that you're making right now that can change. So if you grew up with God or you didn't listen, you're listening to this message. And so now it's on your plate. What are you going to do with it? Do you continue to live in the way that you live or do you, or do you go forward and make some changes? And by no means am I saying that this is going to be, you listen to this episode and your life is instantly transformed. You make all the right decisions. You do all the right things because Hey, y'all believe it or not, I am still a work in process progress as well. There are things in my life that aren't a hundred percent, but I'm working. I know better And and because I know better, I'm working towards being better. You know, life transformation doesn't happen in the blink of an eye. It doesn't happen overnight. But you have to work toward overcoming. You have to work toward that transformation. So that's the point of that. And I just want to remind you guys also that true freedom lies at Jesus' feet. This is a lost message as well. Many people think that Christianity is limiting, but really our freedom comes from Jesus. I can't tell you guys, the minute that I started to believe, truly believe, that nothing around me, none of the circumstances, none of the situations that I found myself in um, that were out of my control, none of those things actually mattered. As long as I was under Jesus's care, none of that stuff really fazed me. I can't tell you guys how freeing it is to know that when I go to work, the extra stuff that's going on around that would normally make or break a person, it will never make or break me because I know who I serve. I know who's ordering my steps and whether I'm faced with a great day or a bad day, I still choose to honor and worship Jesus because at the end of the day, he has never done me wrong. And when I've gone through those trying periods in my life, y'all, he has always held on to me. I can't imagine what it's like to not believe in in anything, to not have this belief in Christ and be suffering in the world. Where do you turn? Who helps you? How do you get over it? That is a, a piece of this whole equation that I can't wrap my mind around. Okay. So let's take it to scripture. Let's go and look at the book of Colossians. Um, and we'll just look at a few areas in Colossians. I'll leave all of our Inca verses listed in the description box or in the show notes. But anyway, the book of Colossians, right? is written by our famous apostle Paul. He's written so many letters in the new Testament and he's responsible for starting a lot of these early new Christian communities in these various areas. But what is significant about the book of Colossians is that Paul didn't actually start the church here. Um, though he's writing this letter, he's writing it while he was in prison. He's in prison because he is continuing to spread the message that Jesus is the risen king, that Jesus is the Messiah. And the culture at this time does not embrace that. They're not accepting that. So that's why Paul is in prison. Now, while he's there, he is um, visited by Epaphras. And Epaphras is actually the one who started the church at Colossae, right? So Epaphras visits him. He's telling him about how well the church is doing, how great the faith of the members are. But then he tells him that there are some issues that have started to arise in the church that are threatening to tear the members away from Jesus, right? So Let's take a little bit of a deeper look at what the members were facing. What were those things that were kind of taking their attention away from Christ, right? What was the threat? One resource that I was um, looking into calls one of these things mystical polytheism, right? So basically, the people in Colossae grew up worshiping Greek and Roman gods, right? That's what they knew, that's what they grew up with. And then when the introduction of Jesus came into the picture, when there was this newfound emphasis on recognizing Jesus as the Messiah, people thought that they could just um, include him as another deity to be worshiped, just add him to the list, but not, you know, exalt him for being the one true God. Okay. Okay. The other threat to the faith here going on at Colossae was this pressure to observe the laws of the Torah. So another really prevalent community during this time were Jewish people who had accepted Christianity. So Jewish, the Jewish Christian community, right? And they believed that in order for non-Jews to complete their commitment to Christ or to the Messiah, they had to follow the laws of the Torah. And these were things like follow a kosher diet, um, practice certain sacred days, circumcision, those types of things. But what we know about who Jesus is, the whole mission and purpose behind his life and resurrection is that following these certain things, kosher diet, sacred days, has nothing to do with the internal transformation, has nothing to do with us being renewed in Christ. It has nothing to do with that. And in fact, Jesus's death on the cross atoned for all of these things. There's nothing that we can do that will get us closer to God, except to know and love him and his people, right? Um, the same thing going on today, I think about this for people who grew up in the church, who now feel sort of like a strained relationship, not only with the church, but also with God because of things that happen in the church. And there's this pride, especially in the black church. I don't know about others, but especially in the black church, there's a huge pride around being on the deacon board or being an elder, um, serving on the choir, whatever it is. But those roles don't get you any closer to Jesus, right? It's about your heart posture. It's about where you are internally. So we know, we know these things, right? So Paul goes on to say giving into either of these temptations, the mystical polytheism and then adhering to the laws of the Torah for these people. Listen, if you give into either of those temptations, you're basically compromising And you're not fully recognizing who Jesus is and all that he has done for us, right? You're taking away from the true nature of Christ. In the same sense, when you have currently today, people who will blend the new age practices with Christianity, it's the same thing. You can't mix. You can't dibble dabble and pick and choose. It is Jesus and Jesus alone. Okay, when we try to incorporate other things, it's like we're saying that he isn't enough. We're not fully giving our everything to him and allowing him to truly do his work in us. So that's the issue with that. So as we go into Colossians chapter three, right, the Bible continues, Paul's writing this letter and he is letting the people at Colossae know what they should be doing, what Christians should do in a climate where the people, the, the main group of people are not Christians. Where the popular thing is not Christianity. What are you to do? So listen closely, sisters, because this is exactly, this is another word for us. So he opens chapter 3 with um, verse 1 and 2. It says, since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things my study Bible, and again, I use the new life or not new life, the life application study Bible and the NIV version. Um, but my study Bible says, setting our hearts on the things above means striving to put heaven's priorities into daily practice. Setting our minds on things above means concentrating on the eternal rather than the temporal. And that's what I was talking about before where we are literally... So many of us get caught up in the here and now that we forget about the the later to come. So we're playing the long game. As Christians, we are to play the long game. We can't get caught up in the short-term fulfillments if they will do nothing for us in the end or for our eternity. Verse 5 of chapter 3 goes on, Paul says, Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these, the wrath of God is coming. And we did go into verse six there. So as we go down, we see in verse nine, verses nine through 10, Paul starts to use um, some really great imagery here. He says, do not lie to each other since you have taken off your old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of its creator. So he says, take off your old self, take off those old clothes. And those are the things mentioned in verse five, right? The sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed. Then he tells us to put on our new self, being renewed in Christ. And so what is the new self? What are these new clothes that Paul is telling us to put on? If you go down to verse 12, it says, therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience, forgiveness, and love. And love is the one that binds all of those things together. And then in verse 15, he tells us to let the peace of God rule in our hearts. One of the biggest, from this little passage of scripture, one of the biggest takeaways that I can tell you is that we should be living our lives today as the kind of human that we are going to become at Jesus's return. So think of it like this. Before we are muddied by the sins that we commit and the evil that is within us, right? You have God who sends his son who has lived this perfect life. He has walked this perfect human life, right? Just so he could understand the things that humans face. And then he is resurrected on the cross. God sends his son to be resurrected and that resurrection atones for all of our sins, right? So because of such a great sacrifice, our sins have been washed away, y'all. Our past has been washed away. We are no longer muddied. We are no longer stained. We are now renewed and we are free because God already sent Jesus to the cross for him. But what we know for a fact is that Jesus's resurrection paid the price for it all. So we don't have to live a life full of shame. We don't have to live a life feeling convicted or feeling unworthy because absolutely. Can you just even imagine? I know if I went to the cross for y'all and y'all were still sitting down here soaking over things that happened to you X, Y, Z amount of years ago and not living in the full potential and the fullness of what you are allowed now that you have been freed from that, I would be mad. I would be upset because it would feel, I mean, in my human mind, it would feel like a waste. But I'm just saying, we have to recognize the magnitude of the sacrifice That was sent on our behalf. Because God didn't have to do that. He really didn't have to do that. He could have ended it all and just said bump it. I'm done. I'm tired of these people. (laughs) But instead he decided to sacrifice his son. And that's another thing too you guys. Jesus is at the center of it all. So we have to set our minds on him. Set our hearts to him. And just know that even though we live surrounded. By factors that are telling us no. Especially in this culture. I can't tell y'all how many things I see on TikTok and Facebook and Instagram that kind of just, it makes me afraid and afraid for them. It also makes me a little bit angry because I'm like, how did we get to this point where we are no longer, we are no longer in a space where I feel like we are just a bunch of hard headed individuals to put it plainly. We're hard headed. We all think that we know what's best. And here we have a a, a a true, honest way that we refuse to follow because we feel like it will take away from something. I don't know. So before we go, I just have one more thing that I want to say because I do feel like this topic is somewhat of a lost message. It's something that we tend to tiptoe around. I told you guys it took me a long time to get up the courage to even come on here and to speak about this. But we tiptoe around it. We don't necessarily know how to address it. We don't want to offend anybody by it. But the message is too important. Honestly, y'all, the message is too important for me to really give that too much of a thought, right? If one person is saved By today's episode, if one person has some sort of transformation in mind, body, spirit, thought, then that's better than none. If one person returns to Jesus or if one person accepts Christ as their Lord and Savior, that is better than zero. So know that it may sound harsh. Know that the message might not be, you know, pretty. But I can still... Y'all, I can still love you and give you this message because really I'm doing it out of love. I'm doing it because I care that much. I can still love you and offer this critique just like my mom and my dad when I was a teenager. They did things for me that I didn't understand, but it was out of love and now I see it. So even if you don't grasp hold to this message right away, no, keep it tucked away in your heart somewhere so that When you come out on the other end, you can see and you can understand, oh, now I remember. Now I see. You know, it's because of my love that I'm sharing this with you. And if you want to have a more practical example, just think of it like this. A stranger on the street is not going to tell you that you've got a booger in your nose. And you might be carrying on a full-on conversation with them. And you got this big nasty booger in your nose. They're not even going to say anything to you. But your sister or your mom would. You better believe it. I know my mom would tell me if I'm in her face with a booger. I know she's going to let me know that there's one there. That's because they love you and they don't want you to make a fool out of yourself. So I'm that sister. Even though it's not the easiest thing to talk about. I'm that sister. I don't want you walking around with boogers in your nose. I'm going to help you out, sis. And that is what this is. So... That is this week's episode, you guys. Again, I pray that this message is reaching the ears that need to hear it, and I just pray that you all are blessed by it. If you are, don't hesitate to share it, and also don't hesitate to let me know what you think. Um, get in contact with me on Instagram at Camille Allison underscore or even on her soul page. Let me know what you think. What are your thoughts? What are some things that you have noticed around you? What are some things that you might have struggled with? Like literally... I am open on this conversation because I think it's extremely fascinating to see how people view religion, um, how people view Christ, their relationship with Christ and the overall um, health of this world and society in relation to that. So let me know. I am very interested in this conversation. Okay, I pray you guys have a blessed week again. I will see you all in the next episode. Thank you, guys. Her soul is back, (laughs) y'all. See y'all later.